100% removing all of this because is that our safe one now? <laughs> cutting, cutting. Obviously, cutting you have form. to cut that. Obviously. Oh. We are better people than this, and I have not done this. Okay. I'm the better one. <laughs> for those I'm of the you, one who's for those of you listening to this, as I'm sure Stefan is putting this in some sort of extra bonus content, while I am just in like unmentionables. I like the way that the two of you are literally in spaghetti strap blouses, just with breasts coming out regardless. <laughs> like, you two might as well be topless. Well, it just made sense for the movie. Can I tell it's you? the best little whorehouse. <laughs> like, I have oh. costuming is such a discussion I have for this movie, because mm. there are a couple of misnomers about costuming in this movie, because of a, one bad review, although the movie got terrible reviews. There was one really bad review, and a, like, a sarcastic from that was taken as a fact and it's still generally accepted as a fact although it's not I'm what is super, it? Um, so it's a generally accepted fact that Fredericks of Hollywood did the costuming for this movie mm-hmm. because when the New York Times reviewed it they said Dolly Parton is um, just this glamour girl belonging in the Lowe's Grauman's Chinese theater with this chorus line of girls and their Fredericks of Hollywood-esque costuming behind them Mm-hmm. And it's just become like der Berger for a lot of people that Fredericks of Hollywood did the costuming. All of Dolly Parton's gowns are by Theodora Van Runkel. And if you don't know who that is, I'm sure Chad will appreciate this. She is the same woman who did all the costumes for Troop Beverly Hills. Oh, oh my yeah. God, the best Girl Scouts outfits of all time. Oh so she was like a very, God. she in the 80s was very much like Nolan Miller and a lot of these very high end, when glamour was like, the status quo she created some of the most fabulous gowns some of the most like intricate illustrious beading and fredericks of hollywood is getting a lot of unnecessary credit for it can can i just say that the insane tailoring of shelly long's outfits in true beverly hills was so meticulously flawless that i forgave every frustrating moment that she was on screen on cheers true story can i (laughs) yes absolutely and also again a lot of people just throw away Dolly Parton because she looks the way she does in this movie. She's got those giant breasts, that tiny, like she, she very much looks like a caricature of like Mae West or like a Barbie doll. Can I tell Absolutely. you the tailoring? If you look at her bust in a non-sexual way, in all of those costumes, there is no broken line. Like there's no moment where like, she looks like she's spilling out or that like she's been Not stuffed in. It's flawless, seamless lines. And all of those gowns are hand beaded. So the way those gowns have to be made is they make the gown exactly to fit her in her corset, in her push-up bra. And then after the gown's been made, it's taken apart, sent away to be beaded in all of the pieces. And they have to be beaded so meticulously that when they restitch the seam allowance back up with a zipper foot, all of the beading lines up. They are masterpiece costumes. And again, Fucking Fredericks of Hollywood selling $40 pleasers is getting the credit for them. (laughs) And it's funny because her costumes are so meticulously elaborate in comparison to everyone else in this. Even her, her girls don't compare in any way. It's like she is in this totally different time period. And then you've got these girls in like 80s garb. You know what I mean? Like it's um, it's the black, but she is, she is completely like, I don't know. So the black gown, Next level. the black halter gown that she wears, it has the starburst when she sings Itty Bitty Pissant Country Place. With the oh, my God. Oh, That's a direct my copy. God. That is a direct, I shouldn't say copy. It's directly referenced to a 1930s Mae West episode. Like it is high yeah. glamour in the greatest ways possible. 
and that beautiful, like huge shouldered red gown that she wears. And it's like all, it's couture. It's she's wearing $10,000 gowns at the chicken ranch. Her cowboy outfits are adorable. Like I, she, I hope to Christ, she kept every single one of those looks. She must have. There's no, no they way she was able to those back. Um, some of them have been auctioned. Really? The, do you know the, according to the auction records that I found and that they made, or oh, sorry, no, this sketch, I found the auction record for the sketch, the Theodora Van Runkel sketch of the black gown sold for $2,000 US. Wow. Just for the, the sketch of the gown. She's such a fashion icon. I, She's I, I, I just love her so much. And she looks so beautiful. She's busty. Like the thing is, it's like, I, I've, I, I think this, you're going to see the, the, the trailer and you're going to go, uh, you're going to see the poster and you're going to go, uh, this looks really dated. This is, I, I'm sad that this is a, a queer classic because it, it feels so modern and fresh with the message and how important the different conversations that happen in this movie are. It's, 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 it's really, really phenomenal. And I, I'm actually really grateful to be able to participate in the rebel camp because it, it really has brought something really beautiful into my life that I didn't even realize was missing. It is, it has left me even days now, potentially after watching the movie, just thinking about culture and society and myself in a different way. And I'm, I'm, I'm blown away that a movie that is, you know, almost fucking half a century old has, has, has still so much power. And I know you want to wrap this up, but I, I, I don't think it would be fair to leave the podcast without at least addressing the fact that this is a movie containing two insanely massively incredibly successful dolly parton songs Mm -hmm. first of all hard candy christmas which was actually fucking song (laughs) which is actually (laughs) written for this movie and you know just talking about the magical subversive quality of dolly parton and the 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 whatever it is that she's created is that this is a movie that is now played regularly in mainstream radio as a Christmas classic. So like kids are going about on Christmas morning, hearing about hard candy Christmas and being like, Oh, you know, this is just a great song about how like sometimes when you're poor, but you can get through it when really it was a song written to be sung about prostitutes being kicked out of a whorehouse, first of all. And then the magic of it having like sort of a cock pun in the title, hard candy Christmas and how even when things are too tight, you get some sweetness in the end, like magic, magic, Jesus Christ. magic. It cannot yeah. be not said. It has to be out there. No, I get it. I'm here for it as well. Cause this is a, a queer film podcast and that particular song, which is now part of this, which will forever to be a queer classic film has gone on to be covered by like multiple queer icons. Like RuPaul has a formal version of Hard Candy Christmas. Cindy Lauper released a formal version of Hard Candy Christmas. Dolly Parton has done it multiple times because that's what she does. And speak about knocking shit out of the park multiple times. I will always love you. Iconic, iconic, fucking iconic. I love that song. So I have much. some bad news. Mm, Dolly Parton didn't write Hard Candy Christmas. Carol Hall did. It was part of the original score. 
I am aware that Dolly Parton did not write Hard Candy Christmas. Oh, sorry. And I thought you were saying she wrote it too. I if, was like, no, that's no, no. Terrible. But but <laughs> Hard Candy Christmas, I think, would properly to be defined as a Dolly Parton song. At this, I point. can I tell you, I so this is a controversial yet brave opinion. <sighs> there are very few songs in this world that I feel like someone owns that song. Like to me, in my mind, I will always love you. Although it's a Dolly Parton song, the first Whitney thing that comes Houston. to my mind is Whitney Houston. Yeah, it when is, it comes it to, when it comes to somewhere over the rainbow, she didn't write it. That's Judy Garland in my mind. Like, there's no one else. Like everyone else can try. To me, "Hard Candy Christmas" is owned by Dolly Parton. Didn't write 100%. it, but it's like I hear other people sing it, and I only hear Dolly's voice in my mind. And do you know what's fucking magical about that? Is that Dolly Parton loves the fact that you think and feel that way about the Whitney Houston version. Because the situation is, is that this has been a song which had brought her massive financial and musical success for multiple decades. And then she tells this story about, she's like, they're like, Dolly, like, how do you feel when people think this is like a, a Whitney Houston song? And it's always talking about Whitney Houston. She's like, I love it because it's dollars in the bank every time Whitney's notes come over the radio. So this song is one of the most iconic songs of all time, written by the musical Mozart, Dolly Parton. Uh. Gagged. So we just need to say real quick, this is a number one song for her essentially three times. It's been recorded by multiple other artists, originally written for Porter. This song, which was not modified in any significant way from her musical recording, became a number one hit after being reintroduced to the world in this movie. And at that time, there was only one other song that had managed to go to number one twice in that format. And it was The Twist by Chubby Checker in 1960 and 1962. So Dolly does it in fucking 1974 on the air as the ultimate love letter to Porter Wagner. And if you follow them and their history, you're like, uh, the moment, the gag. And then to come to number one again, following this film, incredible, hands down, magic. And she fucking wrote this song, like ticked it out on her nails in her living room the same night as Jolene. And I just, I, I can't wrap Two of the biggest and... masterpieces. Two of <laughs> fucking, do you know Jolene is the most covered time. song in the world? It is the most covered I'm, song of no all time. Question. I, I, I believe it. I fully, fully, wholeheartedly believe it. Oh. I love that fucking song. And like, she's a, she's a, because we haven't talked about Dolly before, so I just need to throw in a little bit of Dolly. You gave me Kylie time. Dolly, I love you. You deserve a little bit of time. So we've got this song and she's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant business person because Elvis Presley actually really, really wanted this song. So like, I will always love you. Imagine that sexy crooner voice, Elvis Presley, but came to Dolly who, you know, at this point, like there's Dolly was big, but Elvis Presley was something completely different that the world had never seen. At one one point they, she thought that they were like, kinsmen like the two of them which makes sense i i get it i i I stand by the fact that i think dolly parton is more important but Mm -hmm. that's a conversation for another day i'm here to support you i'm here to support her and says you know what i want to record i will always love you but just like all the other songs that i take i get 50 percent of the publishing rights and she's like no i no this is this is my song I, i i cannot sign it over and if she had not made that business decision today, we would never, ever have had Whitney Houston mastering the pregnant pause in a song. Like, 
Like it's play true. right here. And uh, like it needs a like, clip it in. I'm I also this movie 40 years ago, Dolly Parton, still relevant, still amazing, still wonderful. And in case anyone's scared, because she's been around for a while, she has actually set herself up so that there is essentially new Dolly Parton music, which can come till the end of time. She has set up a system very much like Synergy from Gemma Holograms. Blows my mind. <laughs> Obviously, I love it. Where she's recorded her voicing all the different notes and different registers with different emotives so that her company with the thousands and thousands of songs that she's written and has not had time to record has the ability to input her lyrics into this machine and Dolly Parton singing them will come back out into perpetuity. That, True story. Really? True story. Yeah. That True is, story. that is factual. And if I recall correctly, I believe she actually uh, helped sponsor the technology to make it happen. Like, I think not only did she wow. do this, she created, just like the Moderna vaccine, not only did she help perfect it, not only did she help pay for it, she just said, here it is for the world too. Which is so wild because you have people like like the, the Tupac's family and you have uh, Whitney's family and you have Prince's family where they're just like, do not use his stuff, do not use their stuff, do not like use their likeness or their voice or this and that. And then you've got Dolly going, oh no, my God, please, until the end of time, I want to be the last voice you hear at the last apocalypse. <laughs> One of the other, I think, wonderful things about Dolly is Dolly is so family-oriented. Like, essentially, she is the reason all of her family works. Like, her family all works for Dolly, like, international. She's one of 12, yeah. But She's actually an angel. She's literally Dolly, an angel. So, Dolly Parton doesn't have children. It's just her and her husband. Carl Dane. And Carl Dane. And I love she you, Carl Dane. I don't know anything about you, but I love you. Thank you for and keeping her happy. And can I tell you, that's the way they've arranged it. Carl Dean doesn't want to be in the public, and Dolly has said, okay. Um, but all of the money that essentially Dollywood makes and that she gets off her royalties, like she's got some squirreled away, but there was massive wildfires in Tennessee's. She helped pay for the replacement of all of it. She has given away more than a million books to her reading charity. Dolly Parton is the definition of a philanthropist. And because... I say because, but one of the reasons that she doesn't have kids is because she's gone on to say, you know, I'm a mother to a lot of people. I don't have my own kids, but I've been lucky enough to help a lot of people through this world. And I intend on keeping, keeping that up. The Dolly Parton Foundation is set up for so much that she can literally help support her community well past her expiration date. Wow. And for she any is a of you fabulous there who are nervous about expressing your sexual proclivities or being yourself or being an authentic representation of who you are letting letting your your true sparkle shine you'll always have miss mona she's there for you you follow her rules and you could always live in that house wow i can't believe i'm a vegan who wants to live in a place called the chicken ranch but <laughs> i can 100 percent believe that <laughs> you still like, identify as chicken like I, I don't even, I don't even need her feather boas, which I would definitely steal and wear. But like, I don't even need them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dolly. Oh Thank you, Bert. No. Thank you, Dom. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. If you want to find me on Instagram, it's xndra underscore d-e-s-i-g-n, xndra underscore design. I would love your feedback, comments, hate mail, whatever you got for me. But let me know it's podcast related because I get a lot of weird things in my inbox. 
Hey everyone, it's me, Bear Sailor Moon. You can find me on all social media platforms at Bear Sailor Moon. Including Scroff. If you want to find that, uh, you can search me at Star Fox. I like that it's still not your real name. No. You can find me on Instagram or TikTok at Jennikin underscore. Or if you have an MX Black card, you can send me a DM. They are open. It's not just the DM that's open, sweetheart. Well, it depends on the net worth. That <laughs> <laughs> opens other avenues. I have a moon kingdom. Does that count as net worth? Oh. Better yet, I think it's more important to ask how wide are those avenues. You can find me on all social media at C-A-R-L-O-T-T-A-C-A-R-L-I-S-L-E. Amazing she can still spell that far up in, like, name. (laughs) Hey, everyone. It's Chad. Follow me on Instagram at C-S-K-I-O-1. Or you could buy me a pizza. I just want pizza coupons. I will also accept pizza coupons. I guess that means I have to say something funny. Shit. (laughs) I'm not sharing my pizza with you. Okay, I will. I will, I swear. (laughs) You can find me at Julia Lynch on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can find me, S.J. Maroney, on Instagram. Find us on Facebook and Instagram under RWACPOD. Join our Patreon for all of our archive seasons and bonus content. And please rate and review this podcast wherever you subscribe. Until next time, go Steelers. Go Steelers.